Fire! Falling foul and fixing problems. Donington Park, the BTC is back. Hello and welcome back to the British Touring Car Podcast. We are back for another season, a season of change, as if you've listened to our previous podcasts, you will know that the hybrid era has been introduced. Um, and again, we were there for the opening re- weekend, weren't we? Yes. <laughs> did you enjoy it? Yes, I did on the whole. Yeah? Yeah, fairly um, tame, I think, for a touring car weekend, but not, not to be overly surprising given that the cars are out for the first time and you know they're all trying to get used to the new systems and brand new out the box don't ruin it on day one kind of thing so yeah i mean it was a little bit tame but pretty good nice to be back nice to be back in the paddock and have the feel of a touring car event so despite the hour waits that we had to get out of the car park at the end how many games of cards did we play in the car waiting to get out <laughs> it was quite a few wasn't it if anybody from the touring cars who sets up these events is listening we don't need help parking the cars in the morning. No, but getting out of an evening. But if you can have the marshals stay to get out of the evening, that would be super duper. Yeah, I, I think there was one point that we didn't move anywhere for half an hour. Um, I don't queue well. No, you don't. I found that out. But I had a good old bookie in the car um, to some music and we played some cards and, and we got through it. Um, but yeah, yeah I mean, worse things have happened to people, <laughs> and then you know, it's a mild inconvenience at most. But yeah, it was slightly frustrating. But I think we probably still moved further than Rick Parfit's car did over the weekend. Uh, yeah, there were there were a few gremlins up and down the grid. Yeah. Um, something that we would probably have expected going into this new era. Um, there were some drivers who hadn't done any testing at all, as you said, Rick Parfit being one of those. And there were some other teams and drivers that had had plenty of testing, which it still didn't go as smoothly as they would have hoped. No, I think that's fair. Uh, it's always going to be this way with the start of a new season and you know the the, the new cars and new setups and new rules, etc. But I think overall it was it was handled well. There was no major issues to do with the hybrid system we had a massive fire on the saturday which you immediately thought great first session and the hybrid thing has gone up in smoke <laughs> literally but it doesn't it wasn't related to the uh hybrid system thankfully no, no you uh, you mentioned saturday there and it was the opening qualifying session of the season which we will get into next qualifying report qualifying was a fairly Huge of the fails, no great dramas apart from the one massive drama that probably will be the biggest drama. I've jinxed it now, but probably the biggest drama in qualifying we're going to see all year. Yeah, maybe even the biggest drama of the season. Um, I wrote in the little report that uh, we had for after the weekend that it'll probably be one that people talk about, not just at the end of the season, but for a a couple of seasons to come. It was uh, something we haven't really seen before luckily yes it'll go down in the sort of same ilk as the croft qualifying mm. pile up of 2013 yeah when it was a mess a mess yes yeah yes. um but as you said camish caught fire he did um it was oh, no, his car caught fire yes his car caught fire and very luckily he didn't he got out very quickly yeah. uh unfortunately he didn't shut the electrics off in time so it did go on a little longer than expected i mean 
in his defence, yeah. it was fine, and then it wasn't. The fact he got out was had to be the number one priority. To be fair to him, but yeah, not a hybrid issue. Thankfully, uh, it was a seemed to be a fuel liner come away from the the shell. Yeah, it's um, possibly a possibility that it was a split fuel rail or, mm-hmm. or something in that area. It just started spraying up the windscreen, didn't it? Yeah. Going into McLean's, and then it found a nice hot toasty turbo. And decided it wanted to have a bonfire. Yeah, it, it, I mean, you know, as the camera's out, we can talk light of the subject, but it is obviously a very scary thing. Fire is the worst thing you can see at a racetrack, pretty much, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so thankfully, camera's was very quick thinking and was able to ditch it quickly and get out quickly. Um, obviously, nobody was injured in dealing with the fire, so that's the main thing. But of course. It's not the most important thing in the context, but this would put Kamish out of qualifying and put him to the back of the grid for race one, providing, of course, he could even get there, given the massive rebuild that's going to be needed for that car. A whole new front end, including engine, electrics, etc., is needed. And a 3.30 in the morning job was done by the team to try and get him on the grid for race one. It was amazing. When we got there on the Sunday morning, we were walking up and down the uh, pit lane, um, just sort of like having a little snoop around, see what drivers we could see, see have a look at the new cars, and to check whether Motorbase had managed to get that Napo Racing full focus back together. And we were like sitting there, it had it fir- had its first run at nine thirty in the morning when it was allowed to, um, and yeah, all ready to go, fresh out the box. Helps that when you've got a, a really good racing outfit like Napo behind you, um, and of course. Four, four sets of mechanics in the same place effectively yeah. so but yeah a monumental effort to get them back out the rest of qualifying went without any real incident in it uh, and probably the way you'd expect it to go yeah the that sort of like incident came about what 10 minutes in so sort of like split the session up obviously yeah. it was red flagged um and towards the start of the session session the rear wheel drive cars as we would expect were sort of like topping the times because yep. they they get their tyres warmed up quicker, they get into the flow of it a bit quicker, whereas it's a bit more sort of like staggered with the front-wheel drive cars. They've got to swap tyres at front-wheel drive cars, which you don't have to do for rear-wheel, obviously. Um, But yeah, going through the session, it was a little bit of a mix, actually, for the top ten in rear-wheel drive and front-wheel drive, uh, with the front row being Jake Hill and Colin Turkington. Um, separated by less than two hundredths of a second, and then very closely followed by Ash Sutton and Tom Ingram. So, like, four of probably the title challengers that we're looking towards this season. Yeah. A bit of a shock in at fifth, George Gamble, who had really gone to a great weekend, as we'll get to, but a very, very good fifth in his first ever BTCC qualifying session, um, and not too far off the pace either. Sicily looked really good this weekend. I know we're going to get into it, but they look... Like they've got this nailed. Yeah, um, I don't know whether it's because they had sort of like pre-running with that new hybrid um, setup in the one series. We saw during the um, winter testing that they had a one series to run it in, and I'm just wondering whether they have got that little bit of a jump on um, the rest of the teams, and it's really showing. Certainly, if the qualifying is to go uh, by anything, they're going to be up there all season. And then, sort of, the, the rest of the top ten, yeah, who would expect with this? Stephen Jelly up in there, Gordon Shedden, uh, Dan Robottom, Jason Plato back for his final farewell tour. And a decent effort by Ricky Card up in 11th, to be fair, on his first VTC weekend in a while. Uh, decent effort by him. 
Yeah, much better than Rory Butcher, who had issues on the Saturday uh, and would go on to start race one down in 26th um, behind Rick Parfit, which knows lets you know how bad your session's been, considering really? yeah, oh, considering wow. Rick had no running before this weekend. Wow. Um, but yeah, it was uh, one one to forget for him. But other than that, the qualifier was a fairly straightforward affair. Um, all the action really came in the races. Yep, which we'll move on to now. Race one. As we mentioned before, Dan Kamich was able to get to the grid for race one, although it wasn't clear how well the car had been rebuilt. Obviously, it was fit to race, but when you've got to rebuild something so quickly, there's always potential for stuff to go wrong. Uh, the start of race one, as you'd expect, Hill and Turkerton got excellent starts with the rear-wheel drive cars. Um, what was really interesting was how they then battled through the first couple of laps. They moved mm. side-by-side down the Craner curves, through Old Hairpin, and leaning on each other. Very much leaning on each other, and, and some hits were harder than others, yep, weren't they? they were. Um, Hill was certainly looking punchy against a much more experienced teammate. Um, but having them both in the same stable, I don't know, it's got shades of Jordan and Turkington. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of, it was refreshing to see because I kind of expected Hill to yield mm. and as soon as Turkington started flexing his muscles as sort of Turkington's the leader of the WSR stable. But it was really refreshing to see that Hill was happy to go toe-to-toe with. Uh, obviously, he's running his own team, effectively, Rocket, with WSR Racing. But it was refreshing to see that he would, and was happy to, give Turkington a, a battle. There's only problem with this is that it then dropped them back into the clutches of Ingram, who pulled off a superb sweeping move on both of them. I mean, him and Sutton were looking to make the most of it. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty sure at one point on the sort of like end of the second lap, they all shared the same piece of tarmac. Um, and yeah, it was a lovely sort of like cutback move coming up into coppice and out down the back straight that was finally completed at the um, at the S's. Um, when we f- saw the first safety car of the weekend come out. Yeah, so Ricky Collard came to a halt at the start of lap three on the start-finish line, uh, which brought out the uh, the, uh, the safety car. Rory Butcher somehow didn't see this. everyone was slowing down. I think in his interview he said something along the lines of, there's a yellow flag, but I didn't know why everyone was slowing down, or worse to that effect. Um, and he managed to go into the back of Jackson, which basically put eight, uh, both cars out of race one. Something of interest for this weekend was that uh, this was a trial weekend for the circuit using just light boards Mm -hmm. instead of flags and light boards, which we had been used to for uh, since light boards had been introduced. Um, And I've had some interesting information that apparently the marshals were not made aware of this until the Saturday morning. So there was no mention of it in the marshals that were coming to the track that there would be a trial of this happening. Um, And consequently, I think you said Sunday morning, a couple of marshals didn't actually come back because they refused to marshal without the use of flags. That was certainly the rumblings on Twitter, yeah, Yeah. which is obviously the greatest barometer for everything in this world. But yeah, that was certainly what some of the reaction on Twitter was. Yes, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, And apparently there will be a meeting, or there has been a meeting after the weekend, um, to improve communications between the marshals and the officials at the event. Um, But yeah, I think think not having the flags possibly contributed to that little incident with Butcher. I have it on their steering wheels. There's no excuse. You've got to see the flags. If you can't see the flags, then there's a question mark, so if you should be on the grid. Yep. Um, While we're we're having a moan about flags and officials, why why are we moving cars? (laughs) 
on a start-finish line with a safety car. It was called, I mean, in Butcher's defence, the safety car was called late. It was called very, very late. late. Yeah, effectively, Ingram had to be the safety car for a whole lap yeah. because the yellow flags were out, boards were out, but the safety car didn't actually get out of the pit lane quick enough to lead or catch the lead driver. driver. So I had to wait until the end of that third lap. Which meant they were moving but the, moving Collard's car whilst Ingram was the safety car. Yep. And had marshals on the tracker's car. I... I, I I know I've stood on this soapbox before and I've got angry about it before, but you're more rational than me, more logical than me. Where's the... Why? Where's the logic? How, how is this allowed to keep happening? It's... For me, it's stupid. Well, I completely understand that there have to be marshals that go out to the car yes. to check the driver, to check the car, see what condition the car is in, whether it is movable through a tow or whether it needs lifting or stuff... Bits like that. The issue comes of... How many marshals go out? Mm-hmm. There should be, I believe, at most either two or three. I think there were three, there were three close to the track. Yeah. Obviously, one's got a fire extinguisher, yeah. one's checking on the driver, and then that third one could well be to view oncoming traffic. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's a, there's a little bit of grey area, but certainly with the position of the field compared to where Collard was, you'd have thought, that yeah, stick all the yellow flags out that you need, then go out to the car when well, the yeah, field has passed. Yeah, the flashing signs. But yes. Yeah. Do, does this bring up an argument for a VSC in touring cars, particularly if we're going to go electronic? Because if you can't get the safety car out quick enough, and I accept, yeah, I accept that decisions have to be made quickly, and sometimes that's not possible. Yeah. But if we're going down the electronic route, and we've got the drivers' dashboards, and we've got the electronic marshalling posts, etc. Is it time to bring in virtual safety cars? Quite possibly. Because that could have been done under a VSC. Get everybody through sector one under a VSC, yep. pull the car, then by the time they finish by the time Ingram's through or starting sector three, the track's clear and we can go racing again. Well, certainly um, certainly at the start of possible safety car periods to assess the, the situation that that car is in. In Formula One we see many virtual safety cars actually upgraded to full safety cars when yeah, but a vehicle yeah, needs the op- to be moved. The option is there to do that. Yes. Um, so I don't, I don't see why it wouldn't be introduced, um, apart from the fact of the technology not quite being up there and up to date enough. But yes, as as you say, you would argue that there's enough electronics there at the moment that it should be possible. Yeah, I, I agree. And to me, that seems a safer way of dealing with it. But, but there we go. Uh, so yeah, that ended up with Butcher going into the back of Jackson, as I said, uh, which put both of them out of the well, effectively both out of the race. Jackson would then also go on to have a technical issue, which saw him retire, uh, which was then compounded further for Apex Racing when Osborne also suffered technical difficulties. Uh, he wasn't the last one to do so. Boutel for Accelerate had to pull off towards the end of the race with what appeared to be mechanical issues. And Jason Plato managed to suffer a last lap puncture, which appeared to ha- happen a couple of laps before after contact with a tyre barrier, which dropped him well out of the sort of top 10 running and down out of the points. Uh, and he wasn't the only one to hit a tyre barrier. Jake Hill uh, seems to have clipped a barrier at some point because he would then go on to fail his ride height check at the end of race one, uh, excluding him from the grid. Now, I have a question about this. Go on. Because they only do the top three cars, Yeah. do the test on top three cars, I believe they then pick a couple at random, but they yeah. don't do the whole field. No. Are you better, if you're Jake Hill, knowing you've clipped the kerb, or, or got damage on the car, and you're only running third. I say only, but you're running mm. third. 
Are you better to then go, do you know what, I'll finish fourth and be guaranteed to keep fourth, or more guaranteed to keep fourth, because I won't have the ride height check done? Logically, yes, but I don't know whether they would then go on to check cars that specifically have damage. It's a difficult one. I'd say no, because I can't remember. I thought the way the touring cars runs, if they did that, then there'd be a lot more failures for ride height. Yeah. But, yeah, he he wasn't particularly happy um, that he, he was excluded for it. Um, and he believes that they couldn't give him a reasonable explanation. Um, but it, if it was done either with contact um, with Colin at the start of the race, mm-hmm. uh, which is possible, or clipping that tyre barrier at the S's, which certainly took off the front right-hand corner of the car, um, took bodywork off and could quite it was e- easily damage the suspension. Yeah, it's a difficult one because I'm not sure if you do it by causing that much damage, is it actually going to gain you any well, that's pace that's or anything point. like that? So, yeah, it, it's a quirk of the regulations. Part of me thinks they should just do it on the grid. Mm. And then what happens in the race happens in the race. Like, yeah. you know, officials go on the grid. When the teams have left the grid, I know it delays the start slide. Before the teams leave the grid, before they go on the formation, that there's enough marshals now on the grid that they can all do it quite quickly. Mm. Just because it's silly. Because as you say, I, I, I know it's a bit of a faff, but it just seems daft that... He's failed a ride height check on the base that he's got damage to one side. And it's not across the board. If it's across the board, you go, okay, he probably was running too low from the start. Yeah. It's under one side, he's got damage. It's mm. obvious why it's a problem. I just don't understand that myself. But there we go. It, it, to me, you might as well finish fourth and be guaranteed the points. Yep. And a chance to race three than you are to, you know, finish third and risking disqualified. But I think that probably sums up race one. I'd say the only real action point was the Ingram overtake which was done in the usual panache you'd expect from Ingram yep. um, I think that pretty much sums it up yeah so running through the top 15 uh, obviously all who scored points Tom Ingram won the race uh, also got fastest lap uh, from Colin Turkington um, Gordon Shedden was third followed by Ash Sutton followed by three BMWs of Adam Morgan, George Gamble and Stephen Jelly. Solid race for Gamble, to be fair. We didn't mention yeah. much, but very solid race. Very much so. Kept up with um, his teammate. Yep. And um, pleasantly surprised by him this weekend, weren't we? Yeah, very much so. Uh, rounding out the top ten, Josh Cook from Dan Rowbottom, uh, from Tom Chilton. Uh, followed by Dan Lloyd, Bobby Thompson coming back in the Cupra Leon, um, beating one of his stable mates, Aaron Taylor-Smith, with Aidan Moffat finishing 14th and Michael Kreese securing the final point in 15th, returning in the Vauxhall Astra. Moving on to race two. Race two. Race two followed much the same as race one in being a little bit processional, but it wasn't without drama, was it? No, and the drama actually started before the lights went out. Um, Jelly on the formation lap, um, not making the start as his shaft just seemed to drop out the bottom of the car. Had a wobble. Yes, yeah, certainly had a wobble. Um, and amazingly, it didn't actually delay the start. They were able to push the car clear, pick up the uh, prop shaft off the circuit, and... Um, Go on their merry way. Most of them went on their merry way. <laughs> um, but the uh, the start of that race didn't get any better for Team BMW, as Turkington managed to stall his BMW. Well, I said he stalled it, and you had a go at me and said it was a clutch issue. Right. 
categorically from Hill, we've heard that it was a clutch issue. He said at the start of race three that he'd suffered with something similar during the weekend. Because that's politically better than saying that the four-time champion stalled it. Yes, yes, it is. Um, but he certainly didn't get off the off the grid until everyone else had filtered past him. I mean, it was a minor miracle and only went into the back of him. Because yeah. when you're that close at the front of the field and you... Sutton did very well to miss him coming yeah. out from behind him. Well, if you remember last year, was it Knock Hill, Oliphant and um, Nick Hamilton came yep. together on a similar incident? Yeah. You know, I'm amazed that everyone got past him safely. Which yep. is good, obviously, but yeah. Particularly Sutton, who started right behind him. I'm, yeah, yes. astonished. Yeah, thankfully it was um, was without incident as such. Um, but Turkington would be fighting from the back of the grid. Uh, Ingram and Shedden managed to get to the front of the field with ease because of this, yeah. uh, closely followed by George Gamble and his teammate Adam Morgan, who, for the whole of race two, we found out, had no hybrid at all. And to still bring the car home in fourth was a bloody good effort. Yeah, it's it's concerning that there are problems like that already, because it's obviously it's computer-based, yes. and there's an incident with Hill where they thought he, the computer system thought he was the title leader so gave him less they were to rectify that before the race started I think that's in race one because obviously taking pole in, in, in qualifying so it's slightly worrying that it's going to be powered by a computer and there's already issues I mean to be expected to a degree but to have no power at all is very strange so yes. it'd be interesting to see why that actually was um, but yeah excellent effort by Morgan he, you couldn't tell he didn't have hybrid apart from the fact he wasn't flashing like a cop car as he came past <laughs> yeah just of note the uh, when the cars are using the hybrid power um, they have a blue flashing light in the side of their rear window um, that notifies when the uh, hybrid is being used ladies and gentlemen Mr Tim Harvey's on the pod <laughs> thank you um <laughs> So Hill, having to start from the back, was making a fight back through the field, um, and he was also doing that alongside Butcher um, and Plato, obviously from his puncher in race one, and consequently Turkington. Um, And it was Hill and Butcher who made the best fist of it. Yes, Hill rather rocketed through the field, if you're the pardon the pun, uh, and managed to climb himself or him, himself all the way back up to ninth position, which was obviously put him well within reach for a possible reverse grid. Yeah, Butcher managed to get himself all the way back up to tenth, um, and then Jason Plato and Colin Turkin finished thirteenth and fourteenth respectively, just outside those reverse grid places, which uh, I think both of them will be slightly kicking themselves about. Um, but yeah, it was there was certainly. I'll use a David Addison turn. A good battle pack in that midfield, wasn't there? Yeah, it's, it's very competitive. And as Gordon Shedden said afterwards, that you know this is a very high standard this season. There's lots of very good drivers and very good cars out there. Unfortunately, that can't be said of Boutel or Collard or Jackson this weekend, who all would retire from race two with issues, which is a shame that you can't see them run to their full potential. And we should also say that um, Shedden's move on Ingram was nicely timed and nicely worked uh, to get through. And Ingram was... I think one more lap Ingram would have had him, but yeah. he didn't. Yeah, we, we would notice when we watched it back that Ingram actually had another lap's worth of hybrid left at the end of the race. So I think drivers are still getting into the into the habit of learning, one, how many laps they've got, one, how many laps they've used, and then how much time is left in the race, and just trying to balance it all out. Um, one driver of note in this race was Dan Kamish, again, having... A few technical difficulties had to come into the pit um, and pop back out. 
meaning that he lost a lap and this weekend sort of like kept on going downhill really didn't it I mean it's it's going to be it's going to be bold I Go think on. his title champion just tilts all the over ooh ooh that is bold it is bold but it's very bold okay but you compare it to Turkton Hill who both have problems as well and were able to fight back and score good points uh, yes. I know that the situation is different is, you know, they've not got a brand new front end built into the small hours of the morning but you compare the two and they were able to still get good points I, on the board I think he's a long way back already yes I think the consistency this season is going to be even more crucial especially when people have their quote bad weekend yes because I think they might not just have a bad weekend, they might have a, another bad race or a bad two races somewhere else, and that may well be down to reliability or something along those lines, but I think this but, season more than ever will be crucial for consistency. But I'm not sure I see a situation where another potential title challenge doesn't score a point for the whole weekend. Mm. I don't think I see that, because... I know it's only days, but the way the BMW cut its way through the field is very impressive. Particularly this last year, that's something the BMW struggled with, was getting through traffic. Yeah. Slightly disappointed in, in Sutton overall this weekend, but again, he's able to score good points. Ingram with a race win and a second. I just don't... Yeah, I know it's bold and it's early. I just don't... It's a, it's a long way to be back already, particularly if it's... Oh, yeah. You know, I, I agree it's a long way to be back already. Um, but... Yeah, I, I can see reliability becoming a possible issue this season. Yeah, but the problem with that as well is that the more the racing goes on and the more these teams understand these, the new system, you would you hope, hope there'd be less yeah. reliability problems. Yeah, but that that is not always uh, not always the way that it's going to work. But yeah, Shedden went on to uh, make that late move and actually gained him the race victory along with fastest lap. From Tom Ingram, George Gamble in his debut weekend managed to get on the podium and yeah, score a great third. Effort, great effort. Um, Morgan, with no hybrid at all, managed to claim fourth um, quite comfortably as well from Josh Cook, who um, they're all sort of like battling, trying to get sort of like jockeying with positions as well, weren't they? Cook made a decent fist of it coming through to fifth. Yeah, Cook Cook raced well. He, he picked his battles and he yeah he raced well. And. Um, then followed by Sutton, Thompson, Lloyd, Hill, as we said, and Butcher. Um, and then the rest of the top 15 were Aaron Taylor-Smith, Dan Rowbottom, Jason Plato, Colin Turkington, and Kreese scoring his second point. Race 2. Rather unbelievably, Alan Gow pulled ball number 9 out of the pocket. Now, again, we've stressed before, we do not genuinely believe there is a conspiracy going on. Some corners of the internet do... We do not think that the balls are heated to give WSR an advantage, but it is funny that every time, <laughs> every time there seems to be somebody like that involved, it ends up benefiting oh, BMW. But Jake Hill was the man to get his name pulled out of the bag. Yes, yes, he was. Um, from highs to lows, back to highs for him over the weekend, wasn't it? Life's like a roller coaster, you just got a ride. Yes. Um, so he was joined on the front row by uh, Dan Lloyd, uh, closely followed by the returning Bobby Thompson. 
Um, and as I said, it's fair to say he was determined to go out and win that race and oh, yeah. win it fairly and squarely. And that's exactly what he went out and did, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a dominant victory, light to flag, never really troubled. And I mean, his lead was ridiculous, really, wasn't it? It was very, very comprehensive. Yes, certainly. Um, George Gamble's weekend uh, took a, a slight turn uh, when he got punished, punished for a full start with a drive through, um, which brought him out at the back of the field. Um, he then gradually made up some more positions after that. Um, but it was a, a disappointing end to what was a very, very strong weekend for him. Yeah, it's an experience. Is yeah. what it is. There's no real, no real problems with that for me. Uh, Ash Sutton took a important second. It was a fairly underwhelming weekend, I have to say. The mm. car wasn't anywhere near as quick as I thought it was going to be. The way he was talking in qualifying as well, mm. he, he was like, oh yeah, could have had pole. There was a couple of tenths that he, he might have missed out on. Um, and then the race pace just wasn't quite there. It wasn't quite there for any of the Fords. No, there was only well to be fair, there's only two cars. I think it was there, well, three cars. I thought it was actually there for yeah. Ingram's Hyundai, which for me absolutely had it in spades. Yep. The BMWs, particularly look at Turkish's fight back in race two through the field, would also chuck him into that category. Yeah. And the Toyota, because aside from the instance with Collard and. Um, Butcher. Mm. Race three, Collard comes to the back of the grid to 15th. Um, Tom uh, Butcher was in and around. I mean, he was a higher than. He, at, it, during the race, he was higher than 7th. He finished 7th in the end. But, yep. you know, they clearly had the pace. So I think those three. Uh, actually, before. Well, the BMW also counts, I suppose, at the um, Sicily team as well. Yeah. So, you know. But, yeah, I think there's work to do on the motor base side of things. Yeah, um, Dan Rowbottom failed to make the start of the race, um, came into the pit lane after the end of the formation lap, did manage to get back out, um, but some technical issues there for um, Cataclean with Halfords. Um, Chilton also didn't manage to make the start, (laughs) turning into a weekend of attrition for some drivers. Um, But yeah, his, his weekend plummeted downhill really after a solid 10th place finish in race one to not then finish either of the following races was just a, a little bit lackluster obviously not necessarily his fault um moffitt also had an issue um causing him to pit and lose a lap um but as you say defending cha- champion sutton went, went on to finish second and cook battled through to uh come out on the podium as well it's good early sign of intent for the BTC boys obviously with um, Cook and Plato there this season both of those had good pace and for Cook to open his podium account so early on that, that's got to be a good thing for BTC as they look for this to be the year where they can really challenge for both titles yeah I mean Cook sort of like went a little bit under the radar last season managing to finish third in the championship albeit that stellar final weekend that helped him get to that position um but his weekends kind of go fits and starts. He'll he'll take a double win somewhere and then Thruxton. and then maybe score five six points in the next round yeah. or the next um, event. So yeah, he as we said last season, he he's going to need to improve his consistency um, if if he really wants to make this season the title tilt. Absolutely. Well, we've kind of sort of gone through those quite quickly. I say it wasn't a weekend of action and drama particularly. 
Uh, even the support races were quite tame in what we're used to seeing. But I think, as I say, that's just because it's first first day of school. If we wants to make a good impression, yep. uh, nobody wants to be kicked out or put on report straight away. So no one wants a big repair bill. No, but I do have a feeling that we're going to see it go up a notch at Brands Hatch because it's Paddock Hill Bend. No matter how careful you're trying to be, there will always be an incident in Paddock Hill Bend. I'm still interested to see how much of the lap they're actually going to be on hybrid mm. because obviously you have to be in third gear you have to be above 75 um, miles an hour yeah. I, I feel like for, it's going to be coming out of clear ways and down if the they're not straight. in a corner they're going to be on a hybrid it feels yeah, for me yeah, um, it's going to be the approach to clear ways yeah. exit clear ways onto the so it's going to be through 30s so probably be at 70 up, yeah. so probably on the hybrid and then exit of paddock hill up to druids yeah, yeah. it's like it it it, it that said, up for a good weekend. That said, it's amazing how quickly they get to that speed because you think that we were standing at Donington out of uh, turn two. Hollywood. Hollywood. They're yeah. on that as they're getting ready oh, to yeah. go down the hill. So they're very quickly through up to 70 miles or 75 miles an hour. Yeah. So. Okay, well, I think we have pretty much summed up the races. I am going to Brands Hatch. You're not. You're playing no, golf. Playing golf. Sorry. Dad's birthday. You've become utterly middle class. I mean, he is 70 this year. Is he really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that, it's big birthday for okay, him, so yeah. we're uh, me and my brother are taking him for a golfing weekend, um, so I'm going to have to catch up on the touring cars. You have to there. keep me updated. Uh, if there's any signal. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Um, Donington was, was bad oh, for signal, wasn't it? It was bad. So if we can now go for our grades, awards, and AOB. So moving to the first scorecard of the season, uh, kicking things off with Colin Turks, we've gone for a C. Yeah, it was uh, a weekend of almost two halves for him. Obviously, the race two was not what he wanted, um, but did make a decent fight back. But I think compared to some of the other drivers, especially like Hill, Ingram, Sutton to some extent, they all scored good, solid points. And I think that's just where Turkington was missing out this weekend. I'm surprised that he didn't look close to winning race one. Yeah. Ingram was fairly comfortable yep. at the front, which is interesting. Yes. Uh, for Jenny, also gone for a C that he can't help the drive shaft, uh, prop shaft, sorry, falling out on the way to the grid unless he's been doing it himself. Um, had you know, The race one was where you'd expect him to be, seventh. You know, that, that's, that's sort of the jelly zone, isn't it? You know. Yeah, very much so. And then uh, in race three, he did have a fairly decent fight back as well. And, um, yeah, finished just inside the points. Yeah, a decent weekend, scored the points. Yeah, That's what he's got to do for BMW this season. Uh, Jake Hill, we've gone for an A. The ride height aside, he takes pole. He comes from the back of the grid tonight, but he wins with fastest lap, race yeah. three, uh, with consummate ease. It's yeah. Should have been effectively two podiums yeah. this weekend. Um, but, just didn't quite work out, but I think it's it's promising looking towards the rest of the season with the about pace he's shown. Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more there. Uh, Sutton have gone for a B. That he got sick for fourth and a second. It's a good haul of points. It's a Sutton-esque haul of points. It's a really quiet weekend for him, just wasn't it? It just didn't do anything. Wasn't no. It? Didn't over, really overtake anything or anyone. It was just where he needed to be, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, that kind of scoring method suited him last year. However, I think with the way... I know it's early and I'm getting very excited and the hyperbole's kicking in, but... 
I think the way the first round has gone, I think you're going to have to be a bit more aggressive in point scoring this season. I don't think the approach of last year is going to work. Okay. Because I think that there's going to be one or two drives that are going to be in the top four constantly. I think I think we mentioned this after the weekend that we could see a lot more double winners of weekends this year because of obviously taking away the ballast for the weekend and changing that into boost. Yeah. And cars are still reacting as you'd expect them to react, not adding that extra weight on for yeah, a second race. Not to worry about setup changes yeah. and stuff like that, exactly. But yeah, Sutton did what he had to do, but I was a bit underwhelmed. I thought he'd be mm. out fighting a bit harder. I don't know. Obviously, it's the first weekend. We'll see how he goes at Brands. Uh, Camish, a C... You know, did well to get back on the grid. We didn't really see the real pace of the car, and it's difficult to judge whether there are any gremlins in there still. Yeah, I mean, he made some good, fire to things. He made some <laughs> good progress throughout the races, and then fell back was a problem. So, yep. Although I, I, I do stand by what I say. I think his championship challenge is already over. Okay. But we shall see. We shall see. Osborne gone for a D. Same for Jackson. Not a good weekend for for Apex Racing. Um, need to improve going into Brands Hatch. Very much so. Um, to see both of them sort of like park up at the side of the track in the first race, Jackson had more problems in the second race. It was just like, oh dear. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Morgan and Gamble, both at Sicily, both got Bs. Look, Morgan is old hat at this, mm. and he's you know, a very, very safe pair of hands. Gamble, I think, shocked everybody, yeah. possibly even including himself. <laughs> um they are dark horses in that dark car. Yeah, very much so. Um, the way they they've developed quietly over the winter, and we we all kind of thought, okay, rookie coming into the team, mm. is it the right move? Risk, but certainly gamble. Some might say, mm. um, but certainly from the opening weekend, it looks like it's going to pay off. Absolutely, uh, a tale of two at Dynamics. Really, shouldn't it be a win, a podium? fell away a bit in race three I was surprised that you know, that's the thing that really shocked me I think the most in race three about the obviously he had less hybrid boosts than the people in front of him but not mm. the ballast and he did really fall back didn't he yeah he didn't make any improvement on his starting position um, and he he certainly wasn't really challenging Turkington Butcher Morgan that, that little group in front of him um, so yeah more more to come from him uh, for Roy Bottom problem 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 yep um, one of his poorer weekends in the car down to reliability issues. Yeah, we've gone for a D because of that. Uh, moving on to the Accelerate boys. Lloyd, very decent start. He didn't hold on for a podium. Mm. Um, C, that we that, don't... We don't. Is that just because it was one of your uh, predictions? I, I like Dan Lloyd as well, but we don't do pluses and minuses. But C, if we were doing pluses, it would be in the plus range. A, a good solid weekend. Three points scored. Or sorry, three points finishes scored. Yep. Looks fairly at home in his, that new team. Very much so. Uh, Tom Ingram, obviously an A. Win, podium, fifth. Job well done. Yeah. He's a decent championship. That, that's the kind of weekend that you want to open your championship up yep. when you're really going for it. Set a marker this weekend in the yes. way he drove as well. Yeah, absolutely. Chilton, a D. Race one was excellent. The rest of the weekend was dreadful. Full of reliability issues again, which they're going to need to sort out because that was also the problem for Boutel's car. Who also scored a D, yeah, because it's difficult to judge when you've only have two, two race finishes. Uh, sorry, two one race finish rather. Uh, Michael Crease and Ash Hand in the VXR Astros for uh, Paramax both get C's. Both back in the champ, or Crease back in the championship. Hand making his debut. 
neither disgraced themselves. Crease scored points. Hand scored decent points in the Jack Sears as well. So, you know, it was a, a decent weekend for both, if not particularly exciting. Both cars finished both, all, all three races as well, which I think yeah. is, is going to be key. Moving on to the BTC boys uh, and girls. Uh, Cook is the standout driver for them. A B, quiet weekend, under the radar in that way, mm. but it's what Cook does and scored good points in the process. And the Plato, it's kind of what could have been if it wasn't for that puncture because yeah, obviously shame. set back to 20th for the start of race two, yep. had to then fight his way back through the field. Up until then, he was holding his own yeah. in race one. Yeah, he was um, doing well. And we're giving him a C this weekend. Yeah, I think... I still think he gets his 100 wins based on what I've seen this weekend. I think that car's good enough. And I think now he's got a race weekend under his belt in it. And we're going to Brands. I think he's one to look out for. Because Honda go well at Brands. Yeah. Generally. Unless this is too hot. <laughs> uh, Edwards to see. Raced okay. I was a little bit underwhelmed by how long it took her to clear Nick Hamilton in race two. Because once she did clear him, she absolutely dropped him. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if there's been going to add to that. It, it's, I think it's kind of where we're going to expect her to be this season, um, which is why it's just a, a mid-level grade. It's, it was nothing outstanding, but she didn't disgrace herself. Talking of outstanding, Bobby Thompson back in the championship. Three points finishes. Slightly disappointed that he started third in race three and ended tenth. But you look at who he's finished behind, and they were all multiple race winners. Crucially... Won the Jack Sears this weekend by one point from George Gamble. Um, so, yeah, an opening weekend Jack Sears win for him. Yeah. Brilliant, because we thought the Coopers coming into this, this weekend were going to be well on the back foot. Yeah. And he completely turned it around. No, he had a really good weekend, raced well, had good pace. Yeah. It's a really good um, uh, yeah, sort of starting point for him to build on. Yeah. Interesting where he can go from here. Uh, Goff obviously wasn't there. We expect his announcement, his sorry, his replacement announcement imminently. Yep. Uh, Tony Smith, three points finishes, albeit towards the end of the points, but all points count, so a C for him. Yep. Nick Hamilton, D, lacked pace. Yeah, he, he was off the back this weekend. Yeah, he was. Um, and we, we need to see him improve just to bring him up to the back of the field where he can actually properly race with people. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Moffat and Patterson over at uh, Laser Tools both have problems. We've given them both a C. Actually, I was quite impressed by Dexter Patterson. Didn't score any points this weekend, but raced well, consistently finished all three races. Yep. Didn't get involved in anything stupid. No. A good opening weekend for him, I thought. Yeah, very much so, especially as he hasn't been in the car very long, only testing over the winter. Yeah. Uh, and to jump from single-seaters into yep. this kind of sport is, um, or this kind of drive is a bit of a change. We've given Parfit a U based on the fact that this was effectively a glorified test session for um, for him, wasn't it? And for that side of the garage, because they haven't had much chance to run. They haven't had much chance to sort of see the potential of that car, given that um, basically not been able to get out of the garages during testing. So, yeah. he, I mean... He was having fun at points. He was doing a couple of overtakes. He was ahead of, I think, Boutel and Hamilton at one point. You yeah, know. he dropped it wide into the gravel coming out of coppice at one point yeah. as well, yeah. which was just like, uh, okay. Rock and roll, rock and roll. Interesting how he does 
now the car seems to be sorted. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And finally, Butcher and Collard both sees that there's pace in that car. There's pace in these drivers. Cut out errors. Cut out um, incidents and cut out reliability issues. You've got two really good drivers there. Yeah, I was impressed to see the kind of pace that Collard had out of the box. Obviously, he's raced in touring cars before. He knows what it's all about. It's kind of in his blood. Um, and yeah, he he's promising for the season ahead. Although I'm absolutely amazed that he's allowed to dye his hair like that. I would have thought Rob could have something to say about that. He doesn't live at home anymore. That must be the no, way it is. Must be the way. He's starting to rebel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so that sums up the grades. Let's move on to the predictions and then finish off with the bingo. And I regret to say that you are far ahead on both. I am. I am, already, I am like Dan Camish. I've got a mountain to climb if I want to win this. I am smiling quite a you lot. You are the most <laughs> smuggest individual I've ever met. So, for the winners of the rounds, you went for Ingram, Sutton and Hill. So, two out of three ain't bad. Ain't bad. I went for Hill, Sutton and Plato. Look, and the Plato one could have happened. I w- it could have done, yeah. If yeah. it weren't for that puncture, he may have been somewhere around a reverse grid pole. For pole... But he wasn't. No, he wasn't. <laughs> for pole... Uh, I went for Ingram, you went for Sutton, both were pretty close, but yeah. weren't right. Uh, for Jack Sears, both quite a way off on this one. Yeah, I think next round we may be changing our answers to uh, one of two Gam- drivers. Thompson, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I went for Edwards, you went for Osborne, both fairly wide of the mark. Yep. And your general prediction was Lloyd would outscore Chilton, which, I mean, at this rate, I think I might put I will outscore Chilton, but yeah, fair <laughs> point. Uh, and I had a Lloyd podium, which until, what, two, three laps from the end was looking possible as well. Yeah, Dan Lloyd managed to outscore Chilton by 20 points this weekend. Um, and as you say, Lloyd had that fourth position finish in race, uh, race three. Oh dear. Right, and then moving on to the awards for the weekend then, who was your driver of the weekend? Uh, it has to be Tom Ingram for Agreed. me. Um just Gamble's honourable mention to Gamble. Uh, yeah, I want to put that in now. He does get an award later on. Sorry yes. to <laughs> ruin it, but yeah, uh, Ingram. Uh, Shetton had a good weekend as well, but yeah, I mean, you look at Signal with intent. Yeah, and I think Hill is also another shout along with Morgan for weekend driver as well. But yeah, I mean, Ingram pulled off a super, superb overtake. One race, one with fair amount of ease in the end. Really put the pressure on Shetton in race two, and I think if it had been a bit further into the season, we'd have seen him a bit more aggressive and lunging to get the to get the move done. But yeah, I, that Hyundai looks very, very strong. Yes, very much so. Your villain of the weekend. I'm going Butcher just because the pace in that car. You just think if he just didn't get involved in these incidents, mm. you know, one of his own creating this weekend. Yeah, as Yeah, well. I know. He, unlucky of the qualifying. I suppose I'm going to put it down to Butcher and a wider point, Gazoo Racing, because both drives have pace. Yeah. And I just don't think they maximise the car's potential this weekend. Yeah, I, I, I'm i going for Jackson this weekend, mainly because of the couple of DNFs, and there just didn't seem to be any pace in the car. From a driver who has won races in that car, yep. not last season, but the season before, who we thought, oh yeah, he's going to kick on and do something now. Apex... And Napa Racing were the team to complete the most laps during yeah. testing. And yeah. we thought, okay, they're going to hit the ground running. And it's just flopped a little, really. And it's just a little bit lacklustre. I completely agree with you. Who was your surprise uh, good of the weekend? As you have already mentioned him. Yeah, George Gamble was a surprise good at the weekend. Um, 
obviously a driver that I knew a little bit about coming into the series, um, but certainly not showing this much um, this much promise before. Yeah, absolutely. He's come out of the box, looked very, very strong, raced well. Okay, a little mistake chucked in, but you know he's gonna. That's gonna happen as he gets used to the car and used to the the nature of the touring cars. Don't I mean I was very surprised when he was announced. Perhaps rather foolishly, didn't give him much chance. I thought it'd be a development year, and it would be up to Morgan to score the points. And in the end, goes home for podium. Yes, yeah, I agree with you. And surprise, bad. Uh, for me is Apex, uh, Apex Racing, so one half of Motorbase, uh, just because of the reliability issues and problems that they were having. Both drivers haven't scored points this weekend in a car that we believe should be one fighting towards the front of the field. I mean, I, I completely agree because I've gone a little bit wider. Uh, I've gone for Motorbase as a whole because, yep. yeah, if you'd said to me that Effectively, only only one driver would score points this weekend. Uh, Kamish did score six, uh, three, three points. points. Okay, but yeah, effectively, you know I mean? only Sutton has yeah. scored the major points for that team, and yeah, it's been a little bit of a letdown. And yeah, I didn't necessarily expect Osborne and Jackson to be in the top fifteen the entire time, but I expect them to be sort of on the peripheral and fighting for those spaces most weekends. And yeah, just even in qualifying, those two had no pace. The Kamish issue, it's unfortunate, but. You know, it doesn't help, and then Sutton just didn't seem to have the oomph in the race. Yeah, he seemed to sort of like lose a couple of places in mm. in the first two races, and just sort of like being quite settled with where he was. Well, that I think sums up the Dyington note, does it not? Commentator bingo, come oh, on! Commentator bingo, oh, okay. Because <laughs> I've got a point in this you as have well. Got a point in this. So <laughs> I went for we've missed this, haven't we? Sutton's only won it in a rear wheel drive, and that Jason's old hat at this. Sutton, a player, didn't seem to get mentioned at all. No. And apparently no dismissed the touring cars, whereas you went for track them as the old hairpin, coppice being a popular place to overtake where we decided that it yeah, it wasn't, didn't quite, wasn't reach quite it. there. No. And right. it unanimously decided it was, you know, yeah. gotta try the luck, but no. But you're right with that you can see him using the hybrid system there. Uh, yes, yes, well done. I, I to be nil. fair, when we made that prediction, I didn't even know about the lights on the side of the car. No, I know. You didn't. I was just thinking about the lights inside the car on the on the wheel. Um, so yeah, I, I've lucked out a little bit on that one, um, and I think we might have to discount that one from occurring throughout the season because yeah. it's almost a guarantee that those two are just going to go. Oh, you can see he's using the hybrid power there. Yeah, I think we should probably have a rule this year that you can't reuse old old ones. Oh. That, yeah, I like yeah. that one. You happy with that? Yeah. Yeah, I know I just bought it on the fly, but yeah. No. Yeah, you're happy with that? Fine. I'm happy with that. Fine, 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 fine. Okay, well, I think that now does sum it up. Is that. Yes? Yes, yes. Good, Go good. I'm you allowed can, to leave. You, you can finish now. Good, good, good. I've got to go for a bath. Um, yeah, so you're off to Brands next time out. I am. Um, you're not. No, I'm not. As mentioned. Um, We'll, of course, have a full preview pod ahead of the Brands Hatch weekend. Yes. Um, uh, we'll also be bringing you the review pod and Sam's golfing review. See if he's up to par. Oh, God. Uh, is, there, is the next pod going to be full of golfing puns? It don't mean a thing if you ain't got the swing. Oh, Christ. Okay, then. Well, we hope you enjoyed your weekend um, at Donington. If you went, yep. if you watched it from the sofa, however you choose to tune in. It was... Racing to a T. Oh, God, please stop. Um, and we'll be, as previously mentioned, back with you before Brands. Um, 
let us know your thoughts on what you think of the new hybrid era um, yeah. and who your tips are for the titles. Yeah, one weekend down, let's make some bold predictions. Where do you think that crown is heading? Like you've already done with putting Camish out of the title. I also <laughs> think I know exactly where the crown is heading as well, but there we go. Yep. Okay then, we'll catch up with you again soon. Bye-bye. Remember to subscribe, follow and also share our podcast for more touring car updates. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook by just searching for BTCP, British Touring Car Podcast. And you can also contact us there or on our email at btccpod at gmail.com. 